This is episode number 131 with our guests, Christine and Marco Padilla. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing. Hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I have knots in my stomach, so <laughs> take a deep breath. <laughs> Hear that voice and sounds of nervous laughter? That's from my two guests today. It's husband and wife, Christine and Marco Padilla. Now, the two had every right to feel a bit nervous since they've never done anything like this before. This interview was the absolute first podcast interview Marco has ever given, and once we got going, you truly wouldn't know it. I was immediately fascinated by their story. She is an entrepreneur, and he is a Philadelphia police officer. He always felt there was something more to life, and lucky for him, he found more, much more. Today, this power couple are the founders of Robin Hood Properties, a real estate investment company, and that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface. I mean it when I say this is one of the most charming stories and interviews I've ever conducted, evident at least through the story of how these two met. Trust me, if you appreciate a good love story, this is the episode for you. And if you appreciate a story of grit, grace, desire, and persistence in every pursuit of your life, this is also the episode for you. By the way, as you'll hear, this interview took place during the inaugural PodMax event. It's a full-day event created by On Air Brands for entrepreneurs and business people to get their message out in a big way by being interviewed and sitting down as a guest with some of the biggest podcasts in their industry. If this sounds like something you'd like to do to quickly and efficiently get your own message out to the masses through podcasts, apply to be part of the very next PodMax event happening soon by visiting podmax.com. CO. With that, here are two of the most kind and beautiful people, both inside and out, that you will ever meet. Here's my interview with Christine and Marco Padilla. Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owners, turn your smartphone into a cash register. PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy way to get paid in store, and they deliver the same security and trust PayPal is known for online, in person, even if you're a cash-only business. With PayPal QR codes, you can accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. There's no additional hardware or software needed. 
Generate your unique QR code from the PayPal app and display it on your device or print it to display in store. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app. You only need your smartphone. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. We want the best of both worlds. We want a hybrid. A smarter hybrid cloud approach with IBM helps retailers manage supply chains with Watson AI while predicting demands with ease. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com slash hybrid cloud. Hey there, thanks for tuning in. It's Josh Carey here alongside Christine and Marco Padilla. We're sitting here. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Good to hear. You're doing good as well? Oh, yes, yes. Good. Um, For those tuning in, we are face-to-face as part of the inaugural, good word, inaugural uh, PodMax event, uh, which is an all-day event. Uh, created by Eric Cabral and the On Air Brands crew. This is our first interview in the series. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Marco, your first interview ever? Yes. Tell me about that. Uh, a little nervous. Yeah? Yeah. You've never sat behind a mic before and, and was interviewed, but, but now is the time. What did Christine say? Come on, we're doing this? Pretty much. Yeah? Pretty much, yes. She's... She's the bubbly personality. I just like to sit in the background and, uh, you know. Have me do all the talking. <laughs> so I have to, like, force it out of him. Okay. But... Well, hopefully today you'll do some of the talking. Yes. Yes, yes. yes you'll contribute uh, perfectly. <laughs> so the idea here is we are going to talk about you both and certainly your businesses because on paper and in, in, in the short amount of time that we've spoken, I know you, you epitomize the entrepreneur. Do you feel that for yourself, Marco, that you are an entrepreneur? Is that, is that deliberate? Yes. Yes, that definitely is. I've had, uh, you know, the burning sensation inside it. There's, there's always more. There's always something more just beyond what we can see. Now, what's so interesting is your day job. <laughs> what is your day job? Um, Philadelphia police officer. Philadelphia police officer. Absolutely incredible. (laughs) Slash entrepreneur. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't really see those connected? Do I see them connected? In a certain way, yes. Yeah? How, How did you find yourself, not necessarily as the cop, because we'll get into that, but was was being an entrepreneur something that was in your cards, in your conscious radar all your life? Um, like I said before, I always felt there was something more. I didn't quite know what that more was until I started, you know, reading and discovering a little more. And then once that, that bug bit me, it just took off like a wildfire. And now that that's what I've been pursuing for the past, uh, I'm going to say I started back in 2010, July 18th, 2010 to be exact. You started what? <clears throat> on your path of On my path to, to, to knowing that there was more. Tell me more about that. What do you, what do you mean? Uh, more? It was, I heard of a book on the radio. Of course, um, we all know the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh. And I said, well, what is this? You know, I never heard of anything like it. And I actually read the book. It would have been the first book I read in God knows how long. And it just, you know, it, it took off inside me. And it was just like, you know, rocket fuel. Uh, one book led to another, um, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Uh, outwitting the Devil, yes. Napoleon Hill, um, How to uh, Win Friends and Influence People. Um, there's just lists of them. 
So in 2010, right before that, you were, quote unquote, just a cop? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was just a cop. cop. I was, you know, I I felt there was something more, but I didn't know what it was. Again, you know, and everything I've ever done in life, I've always liked to do to the best of my ability. Um, Wherever I have worked, I always put my 110%. And I put my 110% into the police department, but it's, there's a lot of... uh, blocks that go in there when you try to do your best so i you know i there's something more there was something more there was something more Hmm. and uh once once i heard about that and i read the book and i saw that there's another way to live than just the nine to five because the nine to five caps off you know you there's only so much money you can make out of your body there's only so many hours you can work before you're maxed out and you can't get anything else Hmm. and once i read that book it's like this is what I've been, this was the itch that was inside of me. This, you know, I've, I found a way to scratch it. Wow. And that's. So Christine, you, you both are, you're, you're every bit newlyweds. You're yes. one year married. Yes. You've known each other for just two years. Yes. Uh, paint the picture first, current day entrepreneur relationship here. What, what is, what encompasses the whole the whole portfolio here. What are your businesses? So, um, as we know, Marco is a cop, a Philadelphia police officer, and started a business called Robin Hood Properties. Together. um, Well, Marco already had that established and then kind of brought me on aboard. Um, We also have the salons. We own Fifty Shades of Grey Hair Studio. (laughs) Which I already had the salons before so you were I met each Marco. Business people. Yes. We're going to talk about that. We're e- you were each business people. Yes. With your own. So you had a property management company already. Yes. And you had two salons. I have. You own two salons. Yes. Where in the Philly area? In Mayfair um, area in Philadelphia. And what are they called? Fifty Shades of Grey Hair Studio and Creations Unisex Salon. Okay, so so now together, and now there's more. There's something called C&M Organics on the horizon. So I started, which I had no idea um, where that, I mean, like how I came about making products. I never in my life thought I was going to end up making organic products. Um, I was an educator with Paul Mitchell Companies, so I traveled around, and um, I was actually a color master colorist so i traveled around different uh states and i was teaching color with paul mitchell i actually sat with john paul DeGiorio and trained with him and would sit at the round table and i would always give him ideas and it was very exciting like wow i'm sitting with these billionaires and i had all these ideas and he would actually sit down with me take me serious and call the lab and say you know, talk about the ideas that I had. And um, it was like very exciting, like, wow. Um, so you I'm just a hairstylist, some, yeah. but I'm sitting with a billionaire. Who's validating you. Who is validating me wow. and taking me serious and calling the lab up and getting all his people sitting with me at a round table. And it was just like, wow, like I can be where he's at, why not? So that and, was a very interesting <laughs> comment. So you're sitting with this 
as you say, this billionaire yes. who you saw and looked up to, and you're you see him putting you on the same field, just in almost as peers. Absolutely. And that and that's what really clicked something in you. Yes, because my mind is always going. I'm definitely an entrepreneur. My mind is always coming up with ideas and just creative ideas constantly. But so. I know so many people, even given that chance, saying, wow, this this magnificently successful person is validating me. Wow, yes. I should I should really look into that and go in that direction. I know if that was me back in my unhealthier days, I would have still found every reason not to and avoided it. What do you think allowed you to say, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to take this seriously and do something about it? Um, well, I kept talking about before I even saw him. When I was an educator with Paul Mitchell, they always taught us, like at all of our trainings, always take the chance why it's presented. So when I first met him, I was like, hmm. I kept thinking about this product called Hair Fume, which like um, when women are out at that time, a lot of women were going to clubs or out with a, you know, on a date. And this was just like different scents to spray in your hair to smell nice when you went out somewhere. And it just kept replaying in my mind, um, coming out with different scents and uh, like, a, like a perfume for the hair, basically. So um, when I met with John Paul DeGiorio, I was like, excuse me, can I talk to you? And it was like my first time meeting him. And he was like, sure. I said, I just had some ideas. I was wondering if we can talk about it. He said, absolutely, come over here. Wow. And I was like, I couldn't believe how like he responded to me. He said, sure, let's sit down and talk. And I told him about the ideas. He called the lab, he called all of his people. That's always her personality. She, <laughs> I know, Marco is sitting down. here grinning. What's, why are you, what's, what's going on that, here? That's he always... sat with me yeah. and all these people surrounded me and I was just like, oh my God, this is so exciting. I'm just going for it. I'm just going to tell him my idea. And he took me seriously. He called the lab. And um, I just felt so excited. Like, I can do this. I can, um, you know, I can do this. So I don't know whatever happened with exactly the ideas I gave him. I know he did call the lab. Everybody talked about it. They were very, very excited. I didn't get paid for <laughs> any idea, but the way that I felt and the way they responded to me motivated me. Hmm. Um, so like I said, I was just a hairstylist, which a lot of people think um, hairstyles are stupid, they're not very smart. Um, but you own, two of your, you own two of your businesses, obviously you need By some. By going to hair school. <laughs> so I went to hair school and then, um, Short time, you know, going through the hair school, I was asked to be an educator. Um, the the people working there saw something in me, saw something special in me, they said. So I said, sure. Got my teacher's license. Next thing I know, I'm traveling around and I'm meeting with John Paul DeGiorio, traveling with millionaires in the right. best hotels, the best, you know, eating the best foods. And mm. it's very exciting. I remember when we were speaking right before we went on air, you were... You were giving me a little insight into how in the world you guys met. Yes. And I want to hear that story from you, Marco. But also in the context that it's, it's almost like this is an extreme example of almost 
fate yes. or or everything <laughs> happens for a reason. Am I accurate? Yes. Absolutely. The, the cards lining up, as uh, you would say as well. So, yeah, it was um, just before the holidays, December 22nd. And uh, I was, my, my son got out of school early that day. I happened to be off. Um, it was a Friday. So I'm, uh, I said, well, let's go get a haircut because, you know, we were going to, uh, we were going on vacation. It was the holidays anyway. So uh, I called up my barber, um, Brotherly Love, and uh, they're like, no, we're, we're booked. <laughs> right. We're right. booked. And it was like 12 o'clock. I was like, it's, it's 12 o'clock. It's, there, there's in there's the too many people in the afternoon. And you're like, oh, wait, no, like it, it's, it's a work day. It's a school day. Yeah. Like you, could, you can get me in. And he said, no. I said, all right, well, you know, there's, there's always a backup barber. So I, I go to the backup one. He's like, no, I'm, I'm booked. I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's the two of them. So I figured, well, let's just drive around. We're bound to find a couple of other barbers. So we find another barber shop, and they're, you know, the line is out the door. So I'm like, oh, my God, everybody. So uh, we, we're driving along, and we drive by a shop. It's right on the corner of Frankfurt and Fanshawe, and it's Creations. Uh, I look at it out of the corner of my eye, but it's not catching my eye. You know, it's not for men. Yeah. It's at least I thought, you know. Yeah. So my son is like, Dad, look, there's one. I said, Well, I don't know. It doesn't look like they do men. He's like, Well, let's just try. I said, All right, we'll get the number. So he hurried up. He wrote the number down. And the opposite corner from there, there's another uh, barber shop that I had used in the past. So uh, we get there, and the line is out the door as well. I'm like, oh. That's three. That's no. That was the fourth one. <laughs> right. So we drive back around to the front of a Creations uh, Salon, and I call up. Uh, to see if they take walk-ins and, and if they do men's hair. And I, I'm parked directly across, just like right, like we're right here, except yeah. I'm across the street. Um, and I'm looking, and I call, and I see this lady walking across. I'm like, oh, Me. my God. <laughs> yeah. She's beautiful. Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, She's beautiful. And I'm just thinking this in my head. And it's like, all right. So she picks up the phone. I said, uh, uh, are you taking walk-ins? She's like, yeah. I said, do you do men's hair? She's like, yeah. I said, um, okay, we'll be in. <laughs> yeah. And this is the holiday where I'm extremely busy. I thought I would, I was done for the day. I was extremely tired. When he walked in, I was like, I do not want to do this man's hair. <laughs> I was looking at my other stylist, and everyone was busy. So I was thinking, oh, Lord, I have to do this man's hair. So... So it wasn't love at first sight. <laughs> not, 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 it was one-sided love. That's what I'm yeah. saying, because one she's side. like, oh, I don't want to do it. Yeah. This is too much. So, right. It was the next day for me. <laughs> right. Day two at first sight. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we, um, you know, we walk in, and um, my son, Alejandro, he's with me, and the, the one, one of her stylists is done. And my son's like, Dad, you're up. I'm like, no, you're up. <laughs> So he's like, fine. So he goes, he's getting his hair cut. Um, and then uh, she was done. And I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, my God, let her be her, let her be her. Let yeah. Her be her. Next. And then sure enough, it was her. And I sat down and, um, you know, I was very nervous, very, I, I've always been very shy, very nervous, very quiet. Um, and we just started talking little by little. Uh, somehow it came up that uh, I was a police officer. And she started telling me how much she dislikes, and then to, to put it in a nice way, dislikes uh, uh, law enforcement. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's one of those where you put your foot in your mouth yeah. and you're trying to. I was completely right, oblivious to right. what was going on. And uh, 
Yeah, she started telling me an event that she had in the past uh, with some not so nice officers. And uh, I'm just thinking like, oh, man. Did I just ruin it? Yeah, yeah. Like, huh. So he bribed me with a police pass. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I told her, I said, you know, and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I said, well, let me just get her one of those, um, you know, the... the, the yeah, the... Well, we people refer to it as a get out of jail free card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It really isn't. Right. But, um, and I figured this would be another way for me to return. So that was December 22nd. Uh, we had went away. We went to Jamaica and then we came back. And then when we came back, I, um, it was January 3rd. And I had been driving by her shop because it's on my way to work. Or I could take that way to go to work. And I had the card with me the whole time, but I didn't have... Uh, the courage to go in and give it to her and talk to her again. So finally it was uh, January 3rd, uh, Wednesday, and uh, I figured, well, I drove (laughs) by actually and I didn't see her, so I said, good, I'll leave it with one of her workers and, and, you know, that'll be my way in because I won't have to actually face her. So uh, I walked in and sure enough, she jumps up. I'm like, (laughs) she was there. I was like, crap. So I just, I walked up, I was like, hey, uh, you know, not sure if you remember me, but here's uh, uh, that car that I had told you about. And we just uh, started talking from there. And it was like we knew each other forever. Wow. Then he came back in that police uniform, and I was like, wait, whoa. (laughs) Oh, oh, I like men in uniform. I didn't realize that, right? And I was like, whoa, Um, okay. And, um... It was just like we kissed and it was like, I don't know, something in my soul wow. just said, I can't let this man go. I don't know. It was like such chemistry and something I've never felt in my life. And I knew he had to be mine forever. Wow. Amazing story. We're going to tie back to that incredible story again, going back to the beginning of that the fourth time's a charm with the with the salon, right? <laughs> you have to find four. Yeah. So yeah. everything you believe, everything just lines up in its right time, in its right way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no denying it, you know? There's... And there's... I was in church praying every morning, and I swear, like, I had a vision of exactly what I needed and wanted in my life. And... um I felt like God definitely answered my prayers and sent him to me because I wanted tall, dark, and handsome, (laughs) smart, you know, like every quality that I was looking for. But there's something so interesting again. Yes, it took you an extra day. (laughs) You didn't, admittedly, you didn't have that immediately. And there's something intriguing about that because it's not to say... It's not to deny anything here, obviously, but there's something that that a listener could relate to maybe their life or business where if if, if something isn't immediate, right? Yes. So fine, a day later. But still, what can we what can we project onto a listener's life or business about what you experience there? Um what can I reflect? I don't know. Like, whatever it is you're searching for, believe in it. Um, Have hope. Because I never thought that I can feel this way about someone. I was actually very closed, a closed person. I didn't know how to love. I um, didn't think it was possible to feel the way that I felt about Marco, my husband. And you persisted also. I persisted. You knew what you wanted. I, I knew what I wanted. 
but it's also along the same route as her. Like I've always been very reserved. I've always kept my emotions to myself. I've always been very um, just quiet about that type of stuff. You know, there's that's something that I was brought up. Uh, you know, where men don't don't express those things. Really, that was part of your upbringing. You were you were led to believe that or told that specifically. I was led to believe that. Um, I was, you know, that that's what I've seen. That's what I, I modeled myself about. You know going by what I was around. And it was keep everything to yourself. Keep don't everything let, to yourself. Uh, macho men don't yes. reveal. Is yeah. that is that almost why you and were still to... working on that? Yeah. <laughs> we are working that, on that. that yeah, yeah. She, but, you know, it, there's so much that has come out of me that I, I didn't know that was in there. Interesting. And, and this is another thing that I, I definitely need to say. Um, I really feel like we were brought together we balance each other out so much. I am very free spirit. I am never really very serious. I'm always laughing and go happy go lucky and I like to look at the stars and smell the flowers and um I'm very lighthearted where Marco is very serious, very <laughs> organized and he needed to learn how to love and to laugh and to enjoy things that are around him you know, appreciate yeah. life. And I needed to get more serious and, <laughs> you know, get more organized. And he gets on me about getting organized and pushes me. Wow. And so there's a yin and yang here. Absolutely. Wow. So. I want to tie all this back to your upbringing and see how we can connect those dots. Mm -hmm. We'll start with you, Marco. Paint the picture. What was life like growing up for you as a, as a young child? Well, I was born in, uh, Jamaica, Queens, New York, uh, Queens General Hospital. Um, at the age of six months, um, my mother couldn't afford to keep me here. She was from Honduras, and she was here um, illegally as well. So she, since I was born here, I was a citizen, so she sent me back to Honduras to be raised by my grandmother, my aunt. And, uh, at six months old? At six months old. She put me on an airplane with um, <clears throat> her friends. Yeah. Whom... I didn't know. I came to meet them when I was around 12 or 13 again. And they're like, oh, we remember you. We carried you. I'm like, yeah, oh, wow. I don't remember you. <laughs> <laughs> so you lived in Honduras from six months to I was seven years old. And you have a, you, you recall that? Oh, yeah. I, that... I remember it very, very well. Yeah. <laughs> very well. What was the overriding emotion of that time period? It was very difficult. Knowing what I know now, I see how difficult it was. Whereas back then, if you don't know any different to you, it's normal. Right. What you was just, normal? Um, well, I didn't, you know, I wasn't raised with my mother. I was raised with my grandmother and my uncle's wife. Mm. And uh, I saw how they treated their kids. You so know? two women you were raised by? Two women, yes. Okay. I was raised by mainly women. Um. I saw how they treated their kids. You know, I saw how their kids were able to get hugs and kisses, whereas I didn't have my mother, so I never got any of that. So, and I just, I never thought anything of it. It's not up until now that I've gotten much older that I, I can read, learn, and understand a lot of things that that's why um, a lot of things are the way that they are for me. Can you give an example? Like she said before, I'm very, very yeah. strict, very unemotional at times, and very, you know, I'm always like, love me. Why can't you just show some love? <laughs> I do. It's just in, in, in a different in way. way. In a different way. So that's, 
And now, you still love him for his way, though, right? Absolutely, I do. Wow. Okay. So you you lived there until you were seven. Yes. Um, and then you were brought back to the states. I was brought back to the states to start school. Um, I did preschool and first grade over there, and then I came back here and started second grade on up through my uh, education here. Who did you live with when you were back here in New York? I went back to live with my mother. So at seven years old is really the first time because you I'm yeah. six months old. So now you're reintroduced to your mother. Do you remember that reunion? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember uh, I would always talk to her on the phone. Um, she would come down and visit on occasion. And, and you know, I as a kid, you see your mom. It's like, ah, oh, it's my mom. Don't go. Oh, wow. And then she would go. But then when I saw her, it was like the greatest day ever. You know, it's, it's all I'd ever hoped for is to be with my mom. And then I got to be with my mom, and uh, I met my stepfather. Um, so this was the man she then married while you were... Yeah, she yeah. was with him while, while I was in Honduras. Okay. And, uh, um, well, with that kind of upbringing, what, what did you start to believe about the world around you? Or about what the world... It was, yeah. it was hard fitting in, because in Honduras... Everybody knew that I wasn't full Honduran. They knew I was American. So I was, mm. it's one of those things where I was too American to be Honduran and too Honduran to be American when I came here to, to, to adjust to the culture here. Over there, you know, it's dirt floors, uh, dirt roads, and, you know, I run around in a diaper all day as a kid with a bottle in my mouth and playing around. And over here, it's like paved roads. And I, I remember when I first came here, it was in January. And there was snow on the ground. It's my first time. I'm like, what is this? Hmm. So, it's, wow. you know, I, I get to the airport. My mother's putting on a coat on me, gloves, a hat. Honduras is tropical. You know, you're Central America. So there's none of that over there. So this is was a shock to me. Wow. Let's, let's move to Christine for a minute. Paint the same picture for us. <laughs> you growing up, what was that life like? Um, pretty much hell on earth. Yeah. Why? What, what, what happened? <laughs> So, um, I had uh, great parents, actually. Um, we were, like, a great, close family. Uh, my mom was a nurse. My dad worked for a good company. He was a plumber. They were very family-oriented. So, every weekend, we, would, we were away as a family or doing something with my father's friends, the mountains, uh, the beach, wherever. Uh, we were in church every Sunday. We ate as a family, 5 o'clock, after my dad got out of work every day. Um, whenever there was a holiday or something like that, everyone was at my house. Everyone loved, it was like my dad was the favorite uncle, my mom was the favorite aunt and daughter. Um, they were really great people. And then my dad wanted to move to Tennessee to kind of give us a better life, live the country life, get us out of the city. And on the uh, same street that we lived, there was a chemical plant, which we believe gave both of my parents cancer. So um, my dad started not feeling well. We came back to Philadelphia. I remember I was in the middle of a, like a water balloon catch in the front of my house. And I remember my dad kept going to the doctors and um, he was having bleeding of the gums really bad and uh, I believe he was fainting in the night 
Um, so I remember going to the doctors with him and they did a biopsy on his tongue. And in the middle of that water balloon fight, um, I saw my mom flying down the steps, crying and running into a neighbor's house. So I immediately ran after her and she was given the news to close neighbors of ours that my dad had leukemia. My dad had no idea what it was, so he was like, well, well you know, what's that? What do you mean? Um, so life from that point on was like my mom in the hospital taking care of my father, me pretty much fending for myself, you know, going to school, pretty much cooking my own meals, um, going to the hospital, pretty much watching my dad wither away because as soon as he started chemotherapy, he passed shortly after, and um, it was very hard on me. It was hard on my mom. And uh, right after my father passed, my mother apparently had already went before to check a lump in her breast, which they said was not cancer. And then um, she went again. After, I think she saw it poking out of her breast in the mirror. And after my dad passed, because she was so busy taking oh. care of him, she went back to tell them that this lump has gotten bigger. And um, here they did a biopsy. It was breast cancer, but it had already spread all over. So now it was um, being like 12 at this point. So my dad had already passed when I was 10. Um, so between the whole process, I was like 12, and now it's like my mom's in my living room withering away, dying of cancer. Um, I couldn't face that, so I kept running away. Um, I didn't want to see her, so I was going through a lot of problems, emotionally, anxiety, panic attacks, depression. So it was very hard on me as a child. Again, fending for myself, and I was very close to my mom, so it was really hard to watch. And uh, she eventually passed away, and uh, we had a very big family um, that my mother and father always helped out, took care of, but when it came time that they passed, my mom had, you know, a will and everything, so me and my sister would be set up. Someone forged the will, we lost our house, we lost, people were coming in. My mom literally just passed. By the time we got from the hospital to my house, it was like scavengers in my house. Wow. Just our family taking everything, ripping out her drawers, jewelry, just everything. And nobody offered not even a sandwich to me or my sister. Wow. You, well thank you both for sharing such, um heartfelt personal stories there in our last segment here because each of you have your own version of that less than ideal upbringing yet today my goodness you've you've gotten where you need to be where you want to be perhaps where you should be for each of you how do you attribute that even happening? Because others can go through what you went through and go down a very different path. How, what do you attribute to this outcome today? A very, very 
successful outcome. Let's not forget what we've spoken about in the beginning. You're a um, very successful entrepreneur with multiple businesses. Each of you had businesses prior to meeting. You found each other through this unlikely December 22nd <laughs> event. And the rest is uh, still writing history here. For you, Marco, how how did you not go down the wrong path? What do you attribute to to getting to this point? I would say there was a lot of guidance from within. There was a lot of times where you could, I could feel something telling me, you know, go that way instead of going whichever way I was going. Let's talk about that something. Are we talking about whether you call it a God, a higher power, your calling, your inner soul? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, all of the above. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's no one word for it to right. say. You know, every everybody has a different name for it. Some people don't believe in it. So you listened to it, though, because I also believe everybody is connected to their own version of it. But then it's our choice whether we want to yes. say, no, thank you. Uh, I'm going to cover it up or I'm going to indulge or I'm going to mm -hmm. do this. So you chose to listen to it. Why? At times. And the times that I didn't, I paid dearly for it. <laughs> okay. So, but again, still people do pay dearly when they choose the, the less than ideal path, but then they still continue to. So you knew that, what was it? What were you telling yourself? You know, I'm better than this or I got it. Like, was there something? I, I always like. Uh, said before I always felt there was more to life I've mm. always felt and even now I still feel it there's more there's more and I felt that um, as long as you continue to, 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 to feel that to want more then you can achieve the next step yes and just just keep going um, you know everything sometimes we want things to be like you know at the snap of fingers instantly but little by little I've learned that it's not so you know we 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 build a house one brick at a time. Everything we do is one step, one step, one step. And if we keep going, then we'll eventually get there. Where we're going, that, that all depends on what, you know, what thoughts we have in our head, hmm. what, what, what we choose to do, what we choose to yeah. believe in. And for you, Christine, certainly not an ideal upbringing by any stretch. How have you gotten to such a successful place? <sighs> well, like my parents always had me in church every Sunday and people with just friends that I knew with just little problems turned to drugs, um, really went downhill. And I definitely did not see that for myself. Um, I didn't have my parents for a long time, but the short amount of time I had them, they did instill a lot of strength in me. God, you know, have faith, keep going for your dreams. And, um, I knew I had to turn my life around. I didn't want to struggle the way I did. And I wanted a different um, ending to my story, which is what I always call it, which I feel like um, all the suffering that I did, uh, I wanted a good ending to my story, basically. So everything that I went through, I took it as um, a lesson um, of how I don't want to live, how I don't want to end up. Um, I want to be something great. I want people to remember me, those struggling and whoever went through what I did. I want them to know that there's a way out. There's hope. You have to believe in yourself and hang on to your faith and anything is possible. 
So I just had to keep telling myself through all the darkest times, because believe me, there were many dark times where I could have done so many other things and went down some really bad paths. And I'd go sit in church when I felt I was at my worst, and I'd pray, and I'd go through these panic attacks. And as weird as it is, I feel like hair cosmetology school saved my life. I found passion in it. Um, I was able to connect, and I felt like that's what I was here for, to connect with so many people. I make them feel good. I make them look good. It makes me feel good. Hmm. And um, and it's something interesting about um, you've gotten out of the dark times for both of you. Yes. The way I, I, I spent decades in, in a lot of dark times as well have learned now how to pull myself out. But I think what keeps me going is realizing there are going to be more dark times, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. That's also the trick. It's not like, oh, now we just ride off into the sunset. No. It's not like the movies <laughs> make it seem. Never. No. There will be more dark, more light, and it's just, what, the acceptance of the full spectrum of experience? I think, you know... One thing that I uh, helped me a lot was back in October of 1997, I started uh, training in Taekwondo. Hmm. And I've been doing it ever since. But, uh, you know, for He's me... He's badass. I'm sorry. I had to <laughs> throw that in. <laughs> so Something tells me you're right. <laughs> so, um, you know, for me, I've always loved martial arts movies. The first movie I ever saw when I came to the U.S. was a Bruce Lee Here we movie. Go. And I fell in love. So in the beginning, it was all just about the jumping and the kicking and all of the fancy stuff. But for my first degree black belt testing, they had a question that they asked me, which is, um, a snake drinks water and makes poison. A cow drinks water and makes milk. What do you make of this? And that was like such an eye opener. And that's what has helped me out through, throughout you know, everything in life. I mean, we could take water and make whatever we want with it. And, and that, that's how it is. So you know, you us. take whatever comes in and we could either mm. make good with it or not so good with it. But it, it's up to us. It's just like you said, the choice is, is within us. I will leave you both each with this final question. We'll start with Christine. How would you like to be remembered? I, wanted to, I want to be remembered as um, a person who went through pretty much hell. Um, I never gave up. I always kept a smile on my face, no matter how bad I was feeling. I wore my heart on my sleeve. I'd help anyone that I could. I'd rather suffer before seeing someone else suffer. And um, I just want to re be remembered as a good person, you know. Um, good. Marco, yeah. how would you like to be remembered? Uh, one thing that I've always liked is I love helping people, no matter how, whatever way, whether you just sit and talk to them, sit and listen to them. I, I, I love helping people. And that's one of the main things that I want to be remembered as, just being able to help people no matter how, what, when, where, or why. I, I, I take real joy in being able to help others. That's amazing. This has been an extraordinary conversation. Um, you both are beautiful on the inside and the outside. Thank I you. appreciate both of you for coming on, showing up and opening up as you did. Thank you so much. Thank you. Can we and, yeah. uh, also have people follow our, our website? Please. So 
Um, I made the organic products because watching my parents with um, cancer and I've done so many events for all, a lot of clients, babies, children, adults who have cancer, who passed away, who I was there at their funerals. I've, you know, worked my days off to raise money for a lot of these clients and a lot of the products that we work with have a lot of bad chemicals. So I wanted to create a product line that's healthy, worry-free, and also works wonderful. So our website is www.cmorganics, with an X. The C and M stands for Christina Marco, because we were brought together to do great things. So follow C and M Organics. We have an, an Instagram, um, C and M Organics, and our Facebook, Christine Padilla. So follow us, order our products, and support us because uh, we also uh, send some of the proceeds to children with cancer and women with cancer. Well, that's amazing. We'll certainly link to all of that in and around this episode. Uh, before we truly sign off, I just want to wrap around. This was your very first episode. <laughs> yes. Very first interview. And Thank you. How was it? Thank you, Josh. You yes. made it very uh, Easy. Very comfortable. Very comfortable. comfortable. Very comfortable. Yes. You feel good? You're broken in now? Yeah. Good. We ha I think you this was a very good connection, and they put you first for a reason because you broke <laughs> us in easily. We feel comfortable. And doesn't everything happen for, for a reason, reason. Yes. as we've yes. truly learned on this episode. Absolutely. That's it for now. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate you, Josh. We'll Thank talk you. to you all soon. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.